Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia's first ever online workplace mental health induction. You can learn more about a custom induction for your business by visiting www.mentallywellworkplaces.com.au. Justin Saval, welcome to the Careers and Mental Health Conversations podcast. Thanks, Pat. Now, uh, you work for Management PT. That is your own business. Uh, You've been in coaching and and business development for a long time. Uh, I was looking through your CV. You've had uh, about three roles in the last, say, 20 years. Um, compared to myself, I've had about 10, so <laughs> you've got some really strong stability. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your coaching career today and, and what you see in coaching in the modern day, what you enjoy about your role and and uh, what it entails. But just before we launch into a bit more information regarding that, uh, just give us uh, a quick elevator pitch on your career and your background uh, as a bit of an overview uh, for everyone listening. Yeah, sure, Pat. So I guess my my career started in finance and that's one of those things that you got to decide in year 10 what you want to do with your life and I, I like numbers and so I, I chose finance as that career went through uni but soon realised that that probably wasn't for me uh, and so uh, I really liked the people aspect of what I did so um, I ended up moving to shared services which is a good way to manage a lot of people and still without throwing that finance background in the, in the bin. Uh, but that also then honed those people skills and realised that I really like working around people and supporting people and, and working with them to achieve goals. And that kind of what led me to then create my own business to do that on a more full-time basis. Now, you mentioned there, uh, we'll, we'll backtrack a sec, so you started off in finance. I noticed you studied accounting. Yes. We're from a, a similar era in terms of our, our work experience and, and age. And I think back when we were graduating uh, through college or high school, it was really choose a degree or choose a trade. Yep. Do you feel like things have changed a lot now for, for young people? Absolutely. There's lots of many options out there for people. I think it was, yeah, in my, in my day, it was pretty binary in terms of what you chose to do after school. Mm. Um, and I think. Uh, even that that kind of pressure to finish school and and go to university was something that that was a lot of yeah you know, that was what success equaled yeah, um, yeah for a lot of people so I think there are a lot of options now for people to do different things especially in the small business world there's a lot more support for that and there's a lot more niche industries that I think can can support that yeah and obviously the digital transformation has, has changed that I remember people coming to my high school and saying right who's wants to be a tradie go to this side you're going to go down to the hall and, and talk to the TAFE or whatever um, who wants to go to uni right you're over here and there wasn't really anyone in the middle it yeah. was it was that was your choice exactly uh i feel now um young people have a lot more options you can start careers online uh you can study from anywhere uh, it's not as uh, regimented as, as it used to be so. yeah absolutely agree with that yeah yeah, yeah. so um, a move obviously you you know you, you graduated from accounting you had a bit of a passion for numbers but it didn't take you long as you mentioned to to realize that coaching was was more your forte absolutely yeah so it's just working with people and um, taking that time to to listen to them and support them through different things and um, yeah, knowing that you know, a little conversation here can make a big difference in another person's life and, and that's really kind of what drives me now to to do that 
with more focus. Was it a big step for you? Uh, I know you were the company or, or Senko for, the, say, the best part of a decade, give or take. Um, was it a big step for you to go out on your own and start management PT? Because uh, obviously there's, there's a lot of anxiety and fear of failure that comes with um, stepping into your own business. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you know me a little bit well and, and I'm not a big risk taker in terms of what I do. Uh, but I guess the Senko experience is quite unique because I, before that I had to outsource uh, my team that was based in Brisbane to Malaysia. Right. So I spent you know, a year going to and from Malaysia to set up a, a new company and a new organization there to do what my team did. Um, and as part of that, I had to set up a new leadership team and do that coaching and leadership as well. And that's really what gave me the confidence to realize, well, if I can do that in a different country with a different culture where English isn't necessarily the, the most widely spoken language, I probably have uh, more skills than I think um, in terms of just running my team that I've run for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess also that came with a redundancy as well. So um, when I left the Sanko, so it was a bit of a safety net and that gave me a bit of courage Yeah. Um, to be able to go out and do my own business from that perspective. And it was a pretty good time. So 2014, you set up your own business. You know, a lot of um, businesses in Australia had rebounded from the GFC. Things were positive. Um, property was quite strong. Um business confidence I think was really strong around that time did that give you sort of a good feeling going into this that you think it's a good time to to be able to set up a business in coaching I really didn't think about the the timing was probably more what external factors other than that so it's more of a let's give this a crack and see how that goes yep Um, but I've never had you know a problem since then in terms of that but to be honest a lot of it comes from networking rather than than anything else in 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 business confidence perspective gotcha gotcha now coaching is quite a broad term i mean we've got everything um from life coaches to finance coaches to health coaches to wellness coaches uh very broad spectrum uh how would you sort of define your role and and what you do in management pt and the sorts of people that you like to work with so a lot of my coaching clients are in the professional sphere. So they look, they're more the accountants, the engineers, the, the office workers because I can kind of relate to them based on my own background and, and what I've done. Um, but my coaching is really about either twofold. One is helping someone with a problem that they've got or helping people set goals and then achieve those goals. So it's pretty wide in terms of that. Yeah. Um, it, it's different than counselling. Um, it's more It's more positive based in terms of, um, what are we going to take out of this to go forward and, and have action steps? You know, I'm I'm not a counsellor. I'm I'm not a health practitioner. I don't you know diagnose illnesses and, and those types of things. that can be more in the, in that medical sphere. It's more about just just having a conversation, uh, letting people have a vent, and helping them think through where they might want to go to next as their next steps. So, and and I guess as the business name says, management PT, obviously people looking to step up in, in careers, looking to um, enhance their skills for their own careers, I guess, um, maybe step into management roles. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, some some people are forced to do that because, you know, they're forced to step up. They've even been propelled to a new role or promoted um, and they don't feel prepared to do that. So, some of that, that's where that personal training in management type of stuff comes from that I like to do. Um, and, and some people have realized that they probably have more to offer, but they, they don't quite know how to get to that next step or, or what they should be doing to be able to do that. So um, just with your coach, maybe sort of run me through like a typical sort of client or, or how a relationship would start. So uh, I guess uh, maybe someone who's struggling to, to take the next step or someone who, you know, there's a lot of um, 
I don't feel worthy to maybe be in this role or uh, I shouldn't be stepping up? Do you help them? Do you guide them through that process, give them confidence to be able to take on the next step for their career or their job? Yeah, so sometimes I ask them to make a top 10 list of things that they've achieved over their career, um, which might make them feel a bit more worthy. Because some people, you know, they, they can write two or three down, but they really struggle to get past that list, but they really have to dig deep. And sometimes they realize there are things that they've done in their career or things that they've achieved that they, they may not recognize, but, you know, people have recognized them for the reason why they're in the place that they're in, why they've been given that promotion. So you think maybe uh, internally they're not feeling it, but externally a lot of people are seeing that they've got that potential? Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of people underrate themselves. A lot of people overrate themselves as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's really those underrated that I try and sort of bring up, bring up to the line and, and realize how well that they've done. That's funny. I've worked with a lot of people who I think overrate themselves in, in different ways. Um, I've prim- primarily worked in sales and marketing roles throughout my career. And one thing I've noticed is, and, um, jump in and tell me if I'm wrong. Top salespeople don't necessarily make good managers. And I think a lot of times people are promoted because they're doing really well in sales, bringing in a lot of revenue for business or whatever. And people think, well, naturally they're going to step up they may feel like they have to but not necessarily want to or they probably shouldn't be a manager and just stick to what they're good at. What are your sort of thoughts on on that? I think that's probably more wider than salespeople. I think there's a a common thing where um, someone does really well as an individual contributor and people just promote them assuming that they're good at everything else then. But I think it takes a lot of special skills to be a manager. Yeah. Um, and just because you're very good at what you do, it doesn't mean to say that you can lead a team to do that as well. And often that means that you stop doing the things that made you really good at your job because you're now spending a lot of time managing people and, and having to do strategy and all these, those other things. And while that works for some people, it doesn't work for everybody. And so what specifically would your job entail in terms of coaching a professional? Like they come to you for the first time, uh, they seek out you because of your experience and your recommendations or networking. Um, so yeah, what's, what's a like a first step it's really just a chat so it's, it's pretty informal we normally go to a coffee shop um, we, we talk about you know what's on their mind um, and and for me then it's a lot of listening so just letting them talk it out and sometimes as people the more people talk the more they clarify their own thoughts in their heads in terms of what the actual core issues are um, and for me it's just asking a lot of questions in terms of helping them to just clarify where they're at and where they want to go to next uh, and so once we get that as a bit of a baseline, then we can work out what the strategy is going forward. So do you feel uh, people would find it easier to talk to you than maybe talk to people they work with, talk to their their partner, talk to um, talk to a friend because you don't really know them like those people. And sometimes it's easier just to divulge to people that you 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 just want to get off your chest to someone who doesn't know you personally. Do you, do you find that sometimes? Absolutely. That's a lot of the value that I provide, that anonymity that I kind of have that, you know, I'm not their boss, I'm not their colleague. Um, you know, some people can get quite emotional when they're having the conversations and, and knowing that I'm not someone that they see every day or, or knows all the people that other people know. They feel a bit more comfortable to do that. Yep. Um, in some of our conversations, we can get quite deep in, in terms of what some of the, the core issues might be that they're facing. I bet. Um, and so um, people seem to be much more comfortable to know, well, you know, if this goes pear-shaped, I don't have to see Justin again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, often it, it works out a really good way that, that we, we get a quite a close bond and we can actually sit down and have an honest conversation, something that they may not be able to do with other people. So what would you say are the benefits of coaching, um, say for an individual, right? So um, say 
say I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this podcast, I might be in a, uh, finance role. I might be thinking about stepping up, but I'm really not sure if I've got the right stuff. Um, yeah, what would you say are the benefits of speaking to a, uh, a management coach like yourself and, and getting some leadership advice? Yeah, sure. Number one, I think it is getting a chance to have a chat to someone and clarify your own thoughts. When you're thinking about in your own mind what you want to do as your next steps, there's a lot of clouded thinking. You're, you know, there's there's little voices telling you you can or cannot do things. It's not really helpful when you're sitting in a, in a in a dark room trying to think about where you want to go to next. So I think being able to talk to someone and clarify your thoughts and what you actually are thinking, um, and then being able to talk about what the next steps are. So it's not about someone telling you what you should do, um, because everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different journey, um, and so it's being able to. Uh, own your own direction in terms of what that is. So uh, as a coach, I ask lots of people lots of questions, lots of ask them to brainstorm options of what they would do um, and then ask them to choose really what is the best choice for them going forward. What sort of results have you seen with people? Have you seen some sort of massive leaps forward in, in terms of, uh, I don't know, I'm just throwing a, an example out there, maybe someone who's stepped up and is now like a CEO or something or a CFO or a senior leader. Do you see some you know big gains with people over, over sort of a certain time period? Yeah, there have been a couple in my career that, are, that have done that. Um, so I used to have some people in my accounts payable team back in the Senko days uh, who were you know junior officers in in a, in a team, um, but by giving them some confidence and and helping them to think through their strategy for their career, they're now leading some some of the teams in Malaysia. All oh, right, okay. So yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty cool to see people you know use that confidence and use that as a bit of a strategy and execute and and deliver that after that. That must feel pretty good to. I guess see people progress. I think any um, coach, no matter what it is, wants to see. You know, their their people, you know, take strides forward. Obviously, everyone's different, right? It might be a week, it might be six months, it might take three years, but it must be really good. Do you stay in contact with people over a long period of time and just sort of touch in and just sort of make sure that they're sticking to the the advice or they're on the right track? Yeah, so there's there's lots of people who I've been keeping contact with for ten or fifteen years that that you know see me in that mentor space or that coach space over a long period of time. Yeah, um, and it's really great to check in with those people and and see how they're traveling. Yep. Um, and sometimes they still point pinpoint things back to a, a particular conversation that we had, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Really? That, that gave them that courage or gave them that that little bit of motivation or the direction to do something different. So, and that's a pretty rewarding feeling. Yeah. Um, to to see people take that and run with it. Yeah, that's great. I always feel like times I've spoken to mentors or, or people of influence that have really helped shape my career. Sometimes there's one little thing I take out or a word or a sentence out of a conversation which I use and they, they, person doesn't even know they've said it, you know, it's just a, maybe they use it for everyone, yeah. a throwaway line or a comment. But it's funny how people hang on to different things and use that to propel them and, and must be really great to sort of hear that further on down the track, especially, you know, a decade later. Yeah, well, you're right. Sometimes people say, I remember when you said this to me and sometimes I remember and sometimes I have no idea that that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what I said. It just came up in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, what sort of industries do you like working with the most? Are there particular uh, industries that you find you have the most success in or you find the most rewarding to, to work with people from? No, I'm pretty agnostic from an industry perspective, but I think a, a lot of it comes down to just the, the professional environment only because that's 
that's my you know the office space your your finance your engineers those types of things yeah. um, because that's where I have a lot of my own experience so I I can uh, have a bit more empathy I understand some of the challenges that they're facing and so you know people kind of get me yeah um, I guess I have a unique thing in the finance world you know there's that common analogy that you know accountants and finance people don't have personalities <laughs> and then uh, they're not overly people focused people and that's yeah. that's a stereotypically quite true yeah um, so it's a little bit unusual to have me there from that I can understand the finance people but also has that that people focused side so the, the finance professionals are typically quite skeptical about this airy-fairy, let's talk about our feelings and, and be coaching type stuff. Yeah. But when they go, oh, well, you're one of us, you're, you're a finance guy, they, they, you know, they kind of let that in a little bit more. Yeah, I guess they probably let their guard down a little bit too, you know, drop the walls a bit, find it easy to speak to you once you relate to them like that. I think the key thing is if you, if you can show that you understand yeah, um, or at least can emphasize with where they're coming from, um, and so, by having that background that I have, people can see that a bit bit better. Yeah, great, great. What do you think about, uh, say, like imposter syndrome and, and do you hear of that? Do, do you find people out there uh, um, don't feel like they're worthy of, of being in a position or going for a role or, or taking that next step? Do you have any thoughts on, on that at all? I think it just depends on personality. There are a lot of people that I work with that that are like that. Yeah. Um. And they, I, I think it's the the analytical people who think about all the reasons why not, rather than the reasons why they should. Um. So it's just about breaking it down, helping them to think about well, well, why is it that you think that 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 you're not worthy? And let's just try and find some evidence for that. Uh. Because often when we do that, there isn't any evidence there. It's just. It's just a perceived thought or it's something that they've always been told by somebody else. You know, it could be even a, a childhood thing. They've always kind of felt that they've never been quite good enough to, to do that next level. Yes. Yeah, um, but we try and move away from, you know, thoughts to facts. Yeah. And often the facts in those situations support the opposite, which is that, you know, they've actually earned their stripes and they're probably more worthy than a lot of other people that have taken that path. Now, obviously, this is the Careers Mental Health Conversations podcast. Naturally, in your role, uh, you're going to talk to people um, who, who don't sort of have always ill mental health, but there will be links to their career with mental health. Do you find yourself um, having conversations more with people these days who are, who are, you know, worried about anxiety or feeling have some level of stress or depression? Now, bear in mind, that's not always a bad thing. Um, anxiety is a good thing. It can drive us. Um, yeah, stress can be good if, if funneled the right way. But do you find these days conversations are popping up more and more about um, health and wellness related to people's careers? Absolutely. So I think that, that gets more and more focused these days. As, as companies face tighter pressures, you know, they seem to be reducing their staff sizes, asking people to do more with less, and that, that's creating a fair bit of stress. So there's two examples I can think of in recent times. There was a lady... Um, who I could tell in one of the workplaces that I was working was having a bit of a tough time. And so um, I took her for a coffee, which is kind of a coaching by stealth conversation um, and asking her just to talk about what was going on. It seemed like she was having quite a lot. It was one of those perfect storms, you know, where um, there's some personal issues at home, there's some additional pressure at work. And she was talking about a lot of these symptoms that she was feeling that that to me sounded like anxiety or potentially depression. And certainly I'm not qualified to diagnose any of those types of things. But my recommendation to her was to go and see her GP just to have a chat. Um, and she was quite reluctant to do that. Uh, she said, you know, 
I don't need to do that. I, I, I don't need medication. I'm, I'm not going crazy. And, you know, just to reassure her that, that that's absolutely fine yeah. um, and that it's, it's worthwhile having a conversation. Um, she spoke to me two days later. She did go and see her GP oh, um, who did a checklist with her and actually diagnosed her with depression um, and gave her some medication from a short-term perspective just to get over that hump that, that she's feeling. Great. Um, two months later, that person is now back to 100% yeah. in terms of where they were. Yeah. Um, but I start to worry about what would have happened if they didn't take those steps because they were, it was a bit of a downward spiral that I, that I caught that person in at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, really glad that they, they took those steps and did that. And uh, I think some people need to hear it from people that they don't know to go and see a doctor. Like you might hear it repetitively from friends and family and just dismiss it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, all right. I'm, I'll, I'll, and then you sort of bat line and think, I'll, I'll get over it, I'm right. But then maybe you hear it from a coach or a leader or a professional and they go, right, go and, go and see a doctor. You know, it's not medication doesn't always mean you're, um, it's long term. It can be short term, like you said, to get over a hump. But, um, I think it sometimes it helps just to hear it from someone. It's just go and see your GP, someone you don't always know really, really well. Yeah. And the thing about coaching is often when we, when we decide on action and in this conversation, this, this lady did decide that that's what she was going to do after, after quite a long conversation. Mm. But part of coaching is then how do we put that action plan into place? And what things are going to stop you from doing that? And how do we kind of prevent those things? So, you know, how do we actually do that? And so we end up saying, you're actually going to make the phone call now and book the doctor's appointment rather than thinking about, let's think about it for another day or someone else will talk you out of that. Yeah. Coaching is about, you know, setting those goals and making that, that, that concrete action plan and and move forward. So that, that worked from that perspective. Yeah. Fantastic. I guess another guy that I'm working with, um, uh, he was driven by a lot of anxiety. And so um, his management came to me to say, you know, can you work with this guy? He seems to be struggling um, and he seems to be quite agitated in the workplace. He's got low emotional intelligence. He seems to sort of fly off the handle all the time. And so we had a lot of chats and what, we, what came out of it was that, you know, he had this ongoing fear of being fired. And so anytime someone gave some and anything that was other than positive feedback or he felt that he was being attacked, he would have this defense mechanism that would jump up and, and kind of um, yeah, create a lot of noise and chaos. Yeah. Um, and that, in fact, was actually kind of more likely going to get him fired than, than the underlying issue. So we spent some time up working out why he felt like he was going to be fired. Um, and uh, that seemed to be something that he'd always kind of been defensive of. But we, we end up doing a bit of a, in, in case of emergency, break glass type of um, thing about, okay, if you did get fired, what are the things that you can do? And we wrote down a list of like 20 things that if that ever happened, this is what he was going to do. He had the names of the recruiters he would call. He would call his bank manager to see if he can get his loan payments reduced. You know, So he went through a whole lot of things. that. So he was kind of equaling, I get fired today, I'm living in a cardboard box tomorrow. And that was just the way his brain was thinking. But when we spelled it out and and now he's got this piece of paper that he can have that says, hey, if that ever happens, I've got my safety net. I now know know what I'm going to do. It's really reduced his anxiety. And the business has come back and said, I don't know what you did with him, but he's a much cooler guy now. He's much more relaxed. We don't see that anxiety and, and some of those symptoms about how he was operating. So that's a really good news story about helping people think through some of those those things that go on in their head it's just reassurance for that person yeah. like it just um just knowing that there was like like you said a little safety net there 
if, if the worst case scenario happened. Yep. So do, do you think there's any triggers for people that indicate they probably do need to go and chat with a coach or anything going on which really you see that you think, okay, this person really needs to come and have, have a chat? Yeah, I think there's two things. One is if you that feeling of being overwhelmed. Right. So not really knowing what to do. You know, that, that thing where you feel a bit paralyzed mm. in terms of I, I don't know what to do next. I'm, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling stressed. Um, I don't have a plan. Um, and and my personality is I like to have a plan. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for those people, it's it's being able to see that way forward that sometimes they can't see. The other ones where I think you really need to see a coach is if you know you want to get somewhere but you just don't know how to do it. So it's, it's a kind of, it's a very different conversation. It's about goal setting. It's about setting myself up for the future. And those can be more long-term conversations in terms of, you know, I, I want to be promoted or I want to get this job or I want to move to this industry. What are some of the things we can do? And then we can talk through that as, as an action plan and goal setting. Yeah, so you've got quite two different people there. You've got the ones who want to go and just don't know how and then the ones who have got a lot of roadblocks in front of them and you've really got to try and knock those down. Um, yeah, I guess you must see a really broad spectrum of different people come come through your organisation then or for different needs. Yeah, and it's amazing how people are so different mm. um, Yeah, because you ask people to talk through their issues and think about options and no two people will ever come up with the same options in terms of how they think that they can move forward. Yep. Um, and it's just amazing how... I'm just fascinated by people. Yeah. Everyone's got a different background, a different story, a different family life, a different history, different experiences. And, and those, those just create such a, a weaving of, uh, you know, a different fabric that, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's no days the same. Yeah. And that must be a great perk of the job. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now we, uh, we, we met on a public speaking event, actually. Um, obviously we were speaking on different topics, but to, a, to the same audience. Uh, so aside from public speaking and coaching, you've got a couple of different facets to your, to your job also. What, what else do you offer people at, at management PT? So I do, we do training and do leadership training, um, as well. Uh, and that's a lot about some of those technical skills that go with how to, how to be a good leader. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's kind of the focus as well as, um, yeah, in addition to the coaching and the mentoring that goes with that. Now, we've got a very diverse workforce at the moment. I think it's the first time ever we've had um, boomers, X, Y, millennials, <laughs> Z. <laughs> uh, how, do, how do we keep up? Um, how do you have to adjust your skills to the ever-changing workforces that we see at the moment where we've still got people well into their 70s working with people who are 17. It's such a broad mixture of um, generations at the moment. Are there big changes? There are huge changes. Yeah. So um, I, I have a couple of coaching clients where they're the boss and the, and the staff member. I'm coaching each of them individually. One is in, at the end of their career and one's at the start of the career. So I just think that just sums up some of the issues that, that you talked about in terms yeah. of the way people think. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge for me in that is is also being not judgmental because I always, you know, we all have our own thoughts about how we should approach things. Um, and so when I talk to the boomers, I hear some of their views on what they, they think the world should be and I don't always necessarily feel that aligns with me, but it's not my job to, to judge that. Yeah. And equally, millennials um, come through with their you know, a lot of high expectations for, you know, really short-term wins and they want to be CEO in, you know, two years' time and that type of stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and I've got to try and not kind of scoff at that type of thing because yeah, that is their reality. So, that, so for me, it's, it's, um, it's being non-judgmental and just understanding that people from different generations have different experiences and um, 
are looking for different things. Yeah. And so it's just about helping each person achieve what they want. And it's very different from helping them achieve what I think they should achieve. Yeah, which of is which is which is a huge difference because that's as a human being, we all we all come hardwired with a few judgment things. Um, and so it's not it's about just what do you want and how do I help you get what you want. Oh, and um, communication styles are so different. So a boomer will come and see you or pick up the phone. <laughs> and mostly Gen X and, and part of Gen Y will too to some degree, but then uh, a lot of Gen Y millennials, um, Zed, would rather text, uh, social media even, connection. Um, don't always like the face-to-face interaction as much, just depending on the person, of course. Um, I think a lot of businesses don't adapt quick enough to the types of people that they're work they're working for, so you can't have one communication style now for a whole business. Really, yeah. um, you've almost got to tailor it for for different generations, and it must be hard to to sort of see that on so many different levels, and then I guess have a plan for each person. Yeah, and that's hard for me too because I still prefer the face to face communication. Yes. So maybe that's just showing my age <laughs> as well there from that perspective, but. Um, I, I really would struggle to have a, a, a meaningful coaching conversation over text or, or um, you know, on, on an email, that type of stuff. Yeah. Because I think it, a, lot of the, a lot of the coaching conversations, to, to get an outcome, you need to build some tension. Mm. Um, and so people sometimes need to feel that uncomfortability. And I think when you're texting, it's easy, easy to put the phone down and walk away and not actually answer those questions or, or and it could be so close to that breakthrough in terms of what you're, what you're feeling. But when you're in that face-to-face conversation, someone does feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you make those big steps forward. And I assume that you pick up a lot of body language too, right, which you can really only get um, in person because uh, I think I'm throwing out random stats here. I think it's like 80 or 90% of our cues are through body language yeah. and the rest is verbal. I might be wrong. But uh, you can't get that through social media, online connections. And that's some of the issues I think is happening with technology is that, you know, a lot of the younger generation aren't used to the social skills that you and I kind of grew up with. Mm. Um, and that is some of the issues I feel I'm hearing in the coaching world is that people um, they go to work with an office or they go and work with an environment of a team um, and they don't really have the same level of social skills that people may have had in the past. And so they struggle with that. They struggle with relationships. They struggle with working with their boss um, and that makes it very, very difficult for them. So I think that's only going to get worse in terms of people um, being less connected you know, with each other. Um, and so I, I haven't worked out how to combat that yet, but mm. um, it is something that I think people with that have those social skills uh, be able to interact well with others are the ones that are going to succeed in the future. So yeah. it's just that encouragement to get out there and, and meet people and, and practice those kind of skills about having conversations and, yeah. and working with people and understanding people are different. Yeah. So one of the other things that I do in, my, in management PT is a lot of behavioral profiling. Um, so there's lots of tools out there for that. There's DISC, there's Belbin, there's TMS, there's um, HBDI. And they're all really working with character profiles and analysis? Yeah, so it just tells you really what – a lot of them are strengths-based. Strengths, based. yep. Um, and so I use a lot of Belbin. Yep. Um, and that just tells you really where, what your contribution to a team is um, and helping you then understand that there are other people that need to provide other skills that you don't have in terms of a team. Uh, and so that works really well when I do that team training with people and they understand, hey, well, this is what I bring to the table. And we talked about those people who underrate themselves. Yeah. Um, it's a really good boost for them to really get a report and understand, well, that, that's, I'm the creative person or, or I'm the, the facts-based person 
or I'm the specialist in this particular area. I now know that's my contribution to the team. But also when I look around the table, I see a person who is very different than me that I kind of don't really get why they're here or they're a bit of a waste of oxygen in my my view. But when you do that training, you realize that, oh, that's what you bring and I don't have that. Now I realize that that's important. Yeah, I see. Um, so that, that really helps people to understand each other um, and to work better as a team. And that's becoming uh, more and more needed as this, you know, less, the decline in social skills. Now, I've, I've sort of focused a bit more on the individual perspective, but from a team perspective, is that something you enjoy? Is that a whole different approach to you mentoring, leading, coaching a team as opposed to just working with, with one individual? It's very different. Yeah. Um, but it's also very rewarding to see people um, think and look at other people in their team very differently after that coaching. Um, but it also helps managers to assign tasks to the right people as well. Um, so I've never been a creative person. If you give me a blank sheet of paper and says, you know, do something, then I'll, I'll kind of sit there staring at it for a long time. But someone else next to me might be love that stuff and do it in two minutes. And I could spend half a day and do a really poor job and some person could spend five minutes and do a perfect job. And just understanding that that who's bringing what skills to the table and that strengths-based focus on what people can do yeah. rather than, you know, putting that square peg in the round hole and continually whipping someone to do something that they're just not good at. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember how I got onto this. It was last year where um, they, were, they were talking about teams and um, it would have been an entrepreneur one because I listened to a lot of those and they were talking about organizations. And uh, the, the point of this was that in the past, a lot of leaders have hired people who they see are really similar to them when in fact that's not always the best approach because if you have too many people of the same strengths who are very similar in characteristics in the same team, um, you're not going to achieve nearly as much as if you have what you're explaining, different people doing different things. But it's really hard for hiring managers to see that because they naturally, um, I guess, gravitate to people who they see as similar to them and think, oh, well, they're like me, they're probably going to you know, do as good a job as me or, or we're going to get along. Um, is it hard to get that across to people that you need that variety, that you can't have a team of all just the same people? I think it, it sounds really obvious when you talk to people about that and, and, and those, some of those behavioural profile and things like Belbin really articulate that very well. In oh, terms so they're of, good at the start to identify. Absolutely. It, so right. when, I, when I do a Belbin training session, the first hour or two hours is all about teams and how they work together and how the different styles are required yeah and then you work out who plays what role in that so that that is really fundamental from that perspective but um so many times i also help interviewing so um when i'm working with organizations sometimes i sit on on interviews because often people do skills-based interviews and not behavioral-based interviews so um certainly in the professional services area you know, if, you, if you're an accountant and you've been an accountant for 10 years, you can probably do accounting quite well. Yeah. Um, the question is, how do you fit in with this team and what's, what is your contribution to the team and, and what's different about that? And you're right, a lot of leaders just like to recruit people who are like them because it's, and they, they use that term, oh, it's a good cultural fit, yeah. <laughs> um, which is an absolute crock. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reality is when you understand something like Belbin, it should be something that, you know, you should actually be looking for people who, um, are going to challenge you who, who don't have the skills that you have and who are going to be more complementary in terms of what that is. But until you have those concepts in your mind, it's really hard to do. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, 
What do you see happening in in the future with with our workforces and the way coaching helps helps organisations? Uh, I feel like uh, it's a really golden period for for coaches of, of different um, levels and, and certain industries. I feel like a lot of people now reach out to specific coaches for for different things, whether it's career based, wellness based, individual team. Um, where do you see your space sort of evolving into? So I think there's still a little bit of a stigma about talking to, to coaches and, and I see that that is decreasing over time and that, 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 so that trend really pleases me because I can kind of see that people are going to be more comfortable in doing that. Yeah. Certainly more comfortable as we talked earlier about doing it with someone who's not part of their immediate circle and they can be a little bit more open with. Um, but other people still see it as something that's reserved for upper echelons of management, um, you know, I, I couldn't afford a coach or I don't need a coach. Whereas I think a lot of what organizations are starting to do is provide that service for them. Um, so uh, people sometimes have no, no issue sending someone on a training course where you sit as part of 100 people um, in, a, in a session. Whereas, you know, for a very similar cost, you can get a couple of one-on-one coaching sessions for that person. And uh, the value is so much more mm-hmm. um, from individualized attention on, on that person, helping them set goals rather than sitting in a, in a crowded room, listening to someone talk to a PowerPoint for you know six hours, <laughs> which really is sometimes great just to skive off a bit of work and, yeah. and get an overview. But it's not tailored; it's not customized to that individual. A lot of the information is probably just floating right over the head, I guess. Yeah, and it's not action orientated either, right? So yeah, it's all about yeah. There's some nice, some nice concepts that you've got, but when you get back to the office, you're probably just going to do everything that you just did the day before and not change anything. So so I guess one of your things is holding people accountable right so we're going to come and talk and we're going to set goals but unless you set them and unless you follow through with action they're they're just um observations on a bit of paper yeah absolutely so often the, one of the last things that i ask them is that you know when they set their their list of goals and what they're going to do is how am i going to know that they've done them yeah uh, and often they'll say well i'll email you or i'll text you or i'll give you a call and let you know that's happened yeah and then the question then is, do you want me to follow you up or not? And that's and that's honestly about 50-50 people say, no, no, I don't, I'd prefer not to be hounded. I'll just do it. Other people say, actually, you know, I probably need that. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just holding me accountable for that. Yeah. And so I just diarize that and flick them a note. And again, that's no judgment either. You don't want to be, you don't want people to feel bad because they haven't done what they said that they were going to do. And sometimes if the answer is that's, that's no longer relevant for them, there's no point beating that drum any further. Um, but again, making sure they're doing something and they haven't just kind of reverted back to what they're, they're doing. Otherwise, that's a bit of a, a wasted, like yeah. wasted effort. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, I, I have to do it very gently so that it's not about, you know, judgment. Geez, you've let everybody down, mate. You haven't, you haven't done that, <laughs> written that article that you said you were going to write. Scold them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one thing is it's good, great to give the advice and hold them accountable, but you don't want to be seen as a burden on them as either, right? Exactly. So there's a fine line of, I guess, balance for it. And I, that would change per each person a team. Yeah, and some people want the tough love. Yeah. Um, and some people know that they need that, and that's probably a good insight to their own personality if they can say that they, they need that tough love. Yeah. So what's next for Management PT? What, uh, we're at the start of a new year, um, new goals for yourself, I guess. What are you looking to achieve? What, what do you want to get done this year and beyond? So I think to me, I'm involved in a few different roles supporting a number of different companies at the moment. Um, but, uh, and some of that isn't always uh, coaching focused, but it does give me the enablement to do that coaching by stealth 
Um, so as part of a large organization, you're there doing a role um, and as I have capacity to do then support people as part of that, then that, that enables that for me. What I really like to focus on is um, being immersed in, a, in an organization from my coaching perspective. Yeah. I think there's a uh, the coaching on demand thing that I don't think exists too often in organizations. So if someone wants to coach with me, they'll often you know, send me an email and we'll set up a time in the next week or so where we can have a conversation. I think there are times when people want to have that conversation now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and from a, um, a mental health perspective and even an engagement perspective, there's a lot of value in having that person available same day to have that conversation. So for me, it's um, getting organizations to realize that and having, having being embedded there for a, a day or a couple of days a week to be able to be there for whenever people want to have that conversation. So there's lots of stats on how much is lost from productivity from disengagement. So um, if people need a coaching conversation, they're, they're probably not engaged. They're yeah. probably not performing at their best. Yeah, presenteeism, um, I guess. They're there, but they're not really. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit to businesses to have that you know, on demand. That you, the, the quicker that you can get that back in, um, that person a bit more focused and, and have that chat or get that off their chest or whatever it is that, that's distracting them, the, the more focused that they're going to be. Sounds like it's going to be uh, another busy year, meeting interesting people, working with um, diverse teams. Uh, if anyone's listening and they want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? To, um, do you have a website they can reach out by or a LinkedIn profile? Yeah, so um, LinkedIn, Justin Savale, so spelled S-A-V-A-I-L-L-E or my website is managementpt.com. So go and have a look there, get in contact and, and basically your first step would just be like you said, have that coffee, have an open discussion and um, get to know each other and take it from there. Absolutely and sometimes you click and sometimes you don't but there's no harm in just having that introductory little chat and seeing where you want to go and whether or not I can help or not. Well, uh, yeah, that, that website again, managementpt.com, if you want to have that coffee, especially if you're in the Brisbane area uh, where, where we are at the moment, then I'm sure Justin would love to catch up and, and have a chat. So, sounds great. Yeah, big, big things on the horizon. I, I know you've been really busy in the last few years. It sounds like it's going to be busy again. And But I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your insights into coaching and leadership. Thanks, Pat. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.